13:24. Let's just read over the parable again. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, "The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in the in his field, but while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared to so the servants of the owner." came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. So we saw that the concern for the owner of the field was that the was more for the wheat than it was for the tares. Let both grow together until the harvest. At the time of the harvest, I will say that the reapers first gathered together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gathered the wheat into my barn. Then they asked for an explanation for it in verse 36. And Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house. And his disciples came to him saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. They answered and said to them, He who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil and the harvest is the end of the age and the reapers are the angels. Understand the devil is going around. He's trying to sow some things in this world to disrupt the kingdom of God. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The son of man will send out his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend those who practice lawlessness and will cast them into the fire, the furnace of the fire there will be wailing, gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So this was the parable. This is where the, the tares came from. But in Matthew chapter 7, same book, just a few chapters earlier, Matthew 7, Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. By their fruits, you will know them. So one of the things that you can understand a tear in your life is by their fruit by their fruit you will know them now there's a lot of definitions on what fruit is there's a lot of expectations of what fruit is and then people begin to try and act certain ways so that they are producing those things that are fruit not everyone who says to me lord lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven but he who does the will of my father in heaven this is the same thing he's telling you just because people are going out there and saying i serve god i serve jesus i believe in jesus just because they're going out there and they're saying this does not mean they are in the kingdom. They could be in the field. They could look like wheat, but they might be tares. This is just another way of him saying this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, how many? He didn't say few, did he? He said many. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now, a lot of times when we're looking for fruit, we're looking at people that do things that are in that list. I'm looking at people who prophesy. Well, there's somebody who prophesies. They must be of God. There's somebody who cast out demons. Well, they must be of God. There's somebody who's done some wonderful things in his name. Some wonderful... Maybe they have... Uh, maybe some dead people have raised up. Maybe some people have been healed. I don't know what kind of wonders he's talking about right here, but he said they did some wonders. They did some spectacular things, it would seem. And they're saying, look, we did all these things in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So if doing prophecies in his name, casting out demons in his name, and doing wonders in his name does not show you that you are his, what does? Right? What does? Well, he already, he already told you who he is. Let's go back to the beginning of the sin. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Now, right there, I know that fruit does not mean prophesying wonders or casting out demons. Isn't that right? Because if, if I'm supposed to tell the good from the bad by the fruit, and someone's prophesying, casting out demons, 
and doing wonders. That's not a fruit. Now, don't, don't just look at people that are prophesying, doing wonders, and casting out demons and say, uh, heathen! We don't need to do that. It's just that is not a fruit. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Folks, that's the fruit. The fruit is doing the will of the Father. That's the fruit. Not the prophesying, not the wonders, not the other things. That's not the fruit. Those are good things. God likes them. He wants to work through us. Those are all right. But the fruit is doing the will of the Father. Look down here at verse 23 again. And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Do not read into this. He is not talking about people that have, that are not doing 100% of the will of God. That is not what he's talking about. How many can say that you, don't raise your hand, but how many you can say that over the last month you probably have missed it? So, you know, we're not perfect, right? We can, we can probably look back and say, well, yeah, I got a little short over here. I got a little, uh, whatever it might be. You can find some things that you did. That's not what he said. He didn't say you who are lawless. He said what? Practice. Practice. This is what you do. The difference between stepping into something and practicing it. There is a difference between once a week going out and having a healthy meal and practicing good nutrition. Isn't that right? You can go out and have a healthy meal once a week and your body will suffer. But if you practice nutrition on a regular basis, you go out there and you eat healthy meals, whatever is healthy to you. All right? <laughs> Everybody's a little bit different on the healthy. And so you get the stuff that's, that's healthy for you. I mean, I can eat some stuff that uh, you might not be able to eat. And you might be able to eat some. I know you all eat some things that I don't, eat, I don't eat. It's not just a matter of taste. But how many you go out there and you say, oh, I'm not going to eat that. That doesn't sit well with me. How many of a certain kinds of foods, they just don't sit well with you? They just don't. Yeah, I am the only one, well, except for the grandkids, the grandkids and me, we are together on this. I'm the only one in the family that, that uh, of the adults that I, I can't handle Indian food. I don't know what it is about the Indian food. I know I can't handle it. There was a couple of years ago, I think the last time we went out to, uh, together to one of the restaurants, an Indian restaurant, there's one that's uh, not too far from the house kind of between here and there. And, and I said, well, I know I'm not going to eat anything because every time I eat it, it just it upsets my stomach. My digestion, everything just gets all messed up. It just doesn't like the whatever's going on. If you like it, nothing wrong with it. It's just, it just doesn't sit well with me. I know that. I know if I'm going to go in there, that's not going to work. So I said, I'm just going to go in there and sit with y'all. And I found out I can't do that. I can't even sit in the restaurant. I got a little ill just sitting in the restaurant and the smells and things like that that were coming over from the, whatever it was. So we don't do that anymore. If they want to go out to the Indian restaurant and they have the Indian food, that's fine. Going out there, and I'll set the spices. Because I will eat them under the table with Mexican spices. I love Mexican. I want it hot. I remember one time we were out there, we were having some, some uh, salsa. And it came out and it was hotter than normal. We, we've been to this restaurant many times. It was hotter than normal. And I am loving it. I am eating. They put four bowls of salsa on the table and all the chips. And everybody else tried it. No one else wanted any more. I did. I ate all four bowls of salsa. And my, my kids tell me I'm sweating. I'm eating. I'm sweating. There's sweat pouring down. It's so good. It's not necessarily the heat. It's the spices. There's just something about whatever it is, whatever the mix is. It just doesn't do well with me. So I know to stay away from that. I, I'm not going to go out there and eat that and say, well, I'm just going to be fine. No, I know better. Whatever's in my body doesn't like that. That's all good food. And many people do very, very well with it. So eating healthy doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have this, that, or the other thing. It means what is it in your body that responds well? So you got to know that sort of thing and you got to practice on a regular basis. You know that if you eat certain foods at nighttime, it's, that you don't sleep well. How many people know that there's certain foods that if you eat at nighttime, you don't sleep well? And so you stay away from those foods. You don't eat those foods. And I know I don't eat those foods. 
I stay away from those foods at nighttime. We just don't want to do that sort of thing. So we know what good things are to do. We know what healthy things are to do, and we practice them. So we live in such a way as I practice. Now, as soon as you step out of line and you eat that food at nighttime and you go to bed, you're thinking in your head, right? Oh, I know I shouldn't have eaten that thing. I know I shouldn't have had that, but oh, it just looked, it was so good. I just, I just want to do a little bit of it. And you're laying there in bed and you're feeling it. Oh man, I'm, I'm kind of feeling this. It's, this is not good. Now, see, you don't practice that. You don't live that way. It was something that you went into. You got tempted. Food looked good and you went over there and you did it. That's not practicing it. You have practiced another way of living, but you stepped into this. That's what most, most of the words that are in the Word of God for sin are missing the mark. Hamartia is the actual word. It's missing the mark. You didn't quite measure up. You stumbled. It's not a normal thing that you do. When he says practice, this is your way of life. That's why we've told you before, and we've told him this a number of times, there is a difference between sins that you fall into and sins that are lifestyle sins. There are lifestyle sins. There are things that I've made a decision. I am going to go in this direction. We'll talk a little more about that when we get to a verse that, that has that in it. But he says, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. If you practice lawlessness, you are not practicing righteousness. You're not living the way that God says, this is what I want you to do. You're not practicing his will. That's what shows him, you know me. You know me. I'm going to read this to you in the New Living. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. <laughs> Can't be much more simpler than that, can it? You can identify people by their actions. And you do this all the time. How many of you had somebody new start up at work and you went up there and you talked to them and in one short conversation with them, you've kind of got them pegged? Oh, you're that kind of person. <laughs> and it kind of sets your expectation what's going to be coming. Oh, you are a picky person. Oh, you are a whatever it might be. You, you've kind of, you put them in a, a spot. You've dealt with that kind of a person before. You can identify the people by their actions. You, you all done this when you watch the movie. Come on, you put on the Hallmark movie. The girl comes up to the guy and says something in a certain way. How many of y'all say, I know that one. Get away from her. Get away from her. We already know. We've only heard one or two sentences out of her mouth, but we know the guy comes up. He says something along this. Oh, no, stay away from him. He's no good. Why? Because by their actions, we know them. We know people by their actions. These are the things that they practice. These are the things that they do. So you, you can identify people by their actions. Verse 21, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Not the people who go around there and saying, oh, he's Lord, oh, he's Lord, oh, he's Lord. No, the people who actually walk that way. Those are the ones that are coming into heaven. On judgment day, Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Kind of like the way the King James put it uh, before, practice lawlessness, but the, the New Living had some, some uh, interesting ways of, of putting these. Look at what they do, not what they say. Look at what they do. We practice this on a regular basis. Just because somebody comes to you and says a certain thing, you want to look at what, what do they do? What do they do? You may look at an uh, insurance company. You know, State Farm, Allstate, they have these commercials. You're in good hands, all these sort of things. And you switch your, your coverage on over and you go over to that insurance company and you feel like you're in good hands or uh, you have a friend or you have a neighbor, whatever it is that they've got their little slogan out there and then you have a problem and you call them up and you did not feel like a friend you didn't feel like you were in good hands they said you that you were now i'm not saying that they don't don't do that i'm i'm not saying that uh, that at all i'm just saying just because a company says this when you call them up you want to say hey i'm in, am i in good hands do i have a friend over there 
How neighborly are you? And we want to find these things out. Because I don't care what you say if what you do isn't in line with it. That's what he's saying here. So what are the fruits that we are to look for? Well, go through the Word of God. As the Word of God reveals things to us, we begin to do them. I can't go out here and look at brother, sister, so-and-so. Well, they're not living up. They're not doing what I know the Word of God to say here. I can't do that because I don't know what brother, sister, so-and-so knows that Word. Or maybe they know something better than I do. I don't know. So I can't judge that. But what I can do is talk with brother, sister, so-and-so. And if they tell me, well, I know the will of God is this, and then they go and do it op- opposite. Well, now I've got some things located there. They've told me what they th- believe the will of God is on this, but they're going and they're doing something different. Huh. So they're not necessarily keeping the will of God. So one who is not a tear. I put this in there. I want you to get these ones down. One who is not a tear. First off, one who is not a tear. We're not talking about tears. We're talking about those people that are not a tear. They will learn the will of God. They will learn the will of the Father. You want to find somebody who's not a tear? They desire to learn the will of the Father. They're in there looking. If, if somebody's talking about what the will of the Father is, what the will of God is from the Word. Oh, show me that. Show me that in the Word. I want to see that. They want to learn the will of the Father. Second, they do those things that are His will. Do you know that's the will of God? I know that's the will of God. Are you doing it? I, I sure am. Now, there are times that I haven't come up. There's times that I've come up short a little bit. but And I, I've seen that. I know that. But this is what I'm doing. See, I'm practicing living the will of God. I may stumble from it, but I practice living the will of God. This is what we're, this is what we're doing. Refrain from those things that are not. Well, I stay, why do you stay away from that? Well, I don't believe that God's will is to do this. I may think that it's, it's okay. But they think that's not the will of God to do that. So they're refraining from it. What's that telling me? They practice living the will of God. That would not be a tear. I'll put this in your outline for you to fill this in. What we produce from what is in us is more important than what is produced through us. It's kind of a summary of what Jesus said. What we produce from what is in us is more important than what is produced through us. Don't show me what God is doing through you. Show me what you are doing with what you know God has said. How are you changing your life? How are you making your life better? How are you living up to it? Don't be pointing to all these other people. You learn the Word of God, you point to yourself, you get yourself fixed. Now, tears will pretend to be something that they are not genuinely, they've not, they've not brought it in to the degree that they want you to believe they have. That'll be a tear. They're pretenders. In Acts chapter 5, verse 1 through 3, but a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession, And he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? Why has Satan filled your heart? They gave themselves over. Instead of doing the will of God, they yielded to another will. The New Living puts verse 3 this way. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? Why have you let Satan fill your heart? You allowed it. You permitted it. You knew better, but you allowed it. You allowed Satan to come in and fill your heart. Don't let Satan come in and fill your heart. Peter did this. Judas did this. Peter got over it. Judas did not. Other people allowed Satan to fill their heart. Paul allowed Satan to fill his heart with hate towards Christians, had the Damascus Road experience, and then God filled his heart with love. Be careful what you're allowing your heart to be filled with. You got to make sure that you, that you go right on it. You all know with your, with your car, how many of you all know what kind of gas you put in your car? It can change it. Now, especially some of your cars, Mine's a truck. It just kind of, 
It doesn't care a whole lot. It's just, uh, just so it has some gas. Mr. Keith and I, we used to have these conversations about gas. He loved Costco gas. Anybody who got near Mr. Keith talked about gas. Even if you weren't going to talk about gas, he was passionate about, about gas if he talked to you about it. And he'd tell you that Costco was the best gas in the area. He'd tell you all the reasons why and all the reviews and all this sort of stuff. And then they opened up a Costco near us and I put my truck in there and filled it up. And guess how my truck operated? Exactly the same as it did before. But I know many people whose cars are a little more finicky. Mine's not finicky. It's just, you know, it's just a beast. It just, it's got eight cylinders. It's, uh, I mean, it's ready to, to, to fire and it's ready to go. But I remember a long time ago, the first car I had, little tin can thing, hated that car. But it was the first car, you know, it was a little Datsun B210. It felt like I closing a tin can when you closed the door. It was terrible. And, uh, but I was bringing that car back from Tulsa, loaded down with all the stuff that I had in it. And when I hit the hills of Pennsylvania, it was having a tough time. Oh, it struggled bringing those, those things up. It was struggling. It was like it was barely going to make it up the hill. On, and more, I'm on the interstates. They're not big hills there, but there's some barely making it up. So I got the inspiration, hop on off the exit. I stopped off at an Amico. At that time, Amico had the 93 octane. Put 93 octane, paid a good bit of price for it because it was the highest test gas they had, and it was a small town. So I paid a lot of money for that. But I put that in there. And when I went, got, got back out in the road, all of a sudden, my little Datsun B210, it could take those tails. It made a difference because it had something more with more kick in it. And um, I was able to take care of the whole thing without any problem. It's what's in you. You got to keep getting the word of God on the inside of you more high test. Get it so that you're firing all cylinders. Get it so that when you get that word in you, it, it produces an action on the outside to do His will. I know His will. I want to do this. I want to produce His will. My neighbors, both of them on either side, they both have these really nice um, show cars. The one on the one side, he's got the, the uh, Mustang GT Shelby Cobra. It's got all the names in it. <laughs> And he's got it over on this side. And the neighbor on the other side has a, a, a brand new Corvette. And uh, the one with the neighbor with the Mustang. I mean, it's a limited edition. And I think the last I talked to him about it, it's, it was, uh, it's probably like 10 years old or something like that. I think it had 2,000 miles on it. He just takes it out every once in a while, drives it around, puts it right back in. But he was telling me, what we do in the wintertime is we get rid of all the fuel. And he goes down to the... Uh, I believe he goes down to the airport and he buys uh, jet fuel. And he puts jet fuel inside the car because apparently that's uh, better to winterize it. So he winterizes the thing with the jet fuel. And uh, that, that nah, he's paying a lot of money for that jet fuel. Another good reason for me not to have a car like that. <laughs> that's an awful lot of attention to, to go. But you see, what you put in you matters. You start feeding on things that that's, people teaching you stuff that's not the will of God, you're going to get off. What we produce from what is in us is more important than what is produced through us. Now, the enemy wants you to think, no, look at, look at the signs and wonders. How many signs and wonders? How many people have you prayed for to get healed? How many demons have you cast out? How many words have you prophesied? We want to all look at those things. That's going to tell us. But Jesus is saying, no, that's not it. That's not the one. Not all pretenders are tares, but tares are pretenders. There's, if it's a tear, it's a pretender. They're pretending to be something different. They're trying to look like the wheat. Second Corinthians 11. But what I do, verse 12, first, second Corinthians 11, verse 12. But what I do, I will also continue to do that I may cut off the opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we are in things of which they boast. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if he if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness whose end will be according to their works. He's calling them Satan's ministers. 
Well, if God has ministers, I guess Satan has ministers too. But as Satan transforms himself into an angel of light, he's saying it's no surprise that his ministers are going to transform themselves into angels as well. Now, you will notice this. The most people that are off on these things, they almost always present themselves as apostles or prophets. Now, not everybody who does this is a tear. But tares will always go out and they will no longer be known by Brother Steve. Uh-uh. I am Apostle Steve. I am Prophet Steve. And we, and they really, and no matter where you go, you know, I've had people, when they found out that I was a pastor of church, oh, pastor, I'm not your pastor. <laughs> I actually correct them that way. I'm not your pastor. You don't have to address me this way. But you see, we've got to be careful because we can get so much. They're, they're, they're trying to present themselves as an apostle of Christ. So we've got to get the title out there. I've got to get people to respect and to walk towards me in this particular way because they're trying to put on an air. Now, I don't mind calling anybody apostle. I don't mind calling anybody prophet. Brother uh, Fred Price, I believe he was going by, uh, he had a, a title of apostle in there. Apostle Fred Price. I have no problem with that because there are apostles, there are prophets, there are teachers, there are evangelists. But you got to live a life of that too. Now, you know, Brother Price, he lived a life. I mean, he had a life that was going on. I had no doubt. This man knew God. And he did his will. But there are some people that... Uh, <laughs> my wife and I, we, we just get shocked every single time during Christmas... Uh, that uh, one station, life, uh, what is it called? Life, lifetime, lifetime. Um, not a station we normally watch, but on Christmas they had some really good Christmas shows. On, in fact, one we just loved so much we actually watched it twice. It just was really neat. We really enjoyed it. We shared it with a few people. What on Lifetime? Really? But that one particular minister, he does these these uh, shows on Lifetime, and um, I've just been. His name is right out there. Here's the producer, and here's all the sins going on in the commercial. The sins were so bad in the commercial, I said, there is no way I would watch that show. With Minister, I don't know what he, he goes by a title. title. I'm not sure if it was Apostle or what it was. But how can you hold the title of minister and do these things? We're talking about seduction. We're talking about uh, betrayal. We're talking about jealousy. We're talking about all these things. I think one of the series was even the seven sins or some kind of... How can you do that? I, I don't know. He's not a minister that I ever received from, followed after, listened to, and it didn't bother me one bit to have him go one way or the other on the thing because it just wasn't, uh, he wasn't one that, that ministered to me. But he says there are false apostles, deceitful workers. They transform themselves into apostles of Christ. A tear will deliberately transform themselves into something that they are not. That's a tear. You can have people that are just evil people. They're not trying to transform themselves. They're evil and they don't try and hide it. I am an evil person. I am trying to get all the money I can. They're just right up front with who they are. That's not a tear. They're not trying to pretend to be anything else. A tear pretend, pretends to be something else. And it's something for the kingdom of God, but they're actually working for, for the devil. The New Living Translation puts it this way. But I will continue doing what I have always done. This will undercut those who are looking for an opportunity to boast that their work is just like ours. These people are false apostles. They are deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. They know they are not an apostle of Christ, but they put that cloak on to pass off the people that I am an apostle of Christ. That is a tear. They pretend to be something. Not everybody who's an evildoer pretends to be something else. They're not all tares trying to be seen as wheat. But I am not surprised. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, so it is no wonder that his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. In the end, they will get the punishment their wicked deeds deserve. The things they practice, they're going to come upon them. So just as we can distinguish false light, we can also distinguish false apostles. 
How many have ever heard people teach something and you can say, that's not right? There's no light in that. Uh-uh. No, I'm not buying that one. The same way that you can just tell that this is false light. This is not light from the gospel. Same way that you can tell that there's some false people there. Because they are ministers of Satan. So you're going to be there. They, they have a cloak on. They are pretending to be something else. But I'm just not getting... My, my spirit, it's just not, it's just not getting that, that way. We were out at a, a place just yesterday and, um, my wife had to go somewhere and so I was standing there by myself. We were waiting for the grandkids to show up and, uh, there was another dad who was sitting there and I don't know, I just like talking to people. I talk with him, he's talking with me. I could just tell this person is a believer. I have that happen often. We'll go out to a park. We were at a, a sesame place and there's a guy coming out, cleaning up the stuff on the, just sweeping stuff up. Oh, we must have talked for about 20 minutes waiting for people to get there. Just had a good old time talking. Didn't, didn't get very far into the conversation. You're a believer, aren't you? You start using terms like, well, isn't that blessing, a blessing of God? <laughs> they just respond. You can just tell there's light in them. But there are some people, they, they are saying the right stuff. Mm, I'm just not getting the same thing. I'm not feeling that, that, uh, that what they should be. And I'll tell you one way that I have, I have been able to tell with ministers, with people that are in ministry. There's a great way that I've been able to tell. If you are a servant of Christ, then you will take on the traits of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ was a servant. If I run into another minister and they sit around and wait for everybody to serve them and don't serve anybody, I immediately know there could be a problem. There could be. I'm not really drawn to that. If a people's not a servant, if they're not getting up and doing some things and trying to help out some stuff, then I, I, I just don't feel that tie that's there. Because a servant of Christ will be just like his master. And Jesus said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. That's one way that you can tell. Because pretenders, they hate, hate being a servant. Try and put people into a place of being a servant. Just see what they do. They will, they will hate it. We were at one place. There was a church. Uh, it was not too far away, but it was another state. And this is years ago. And we had these friends, John and Shirley Tash. They were, they were these uh, children's ministers. And so we went over in our last night. to. Uh, we wanted to visit with them. We wanted to see them. But then we also wanted to support them in what they were doing. So we went over there and they were ministering to the kids. And so we... Got on down there, and as they were ministering to the kids, you know, what do you, what do you want me to do? And we were uh, there to help out, and they put us to work. They let us do some things, you know, because we had a relationship with them. They knew who we were, and so they, they put us to work. We were doing some things, and afterwards, we got done, and they, this was time to pack up. They had to pack up all their gear. And so the pastor of the church came down, and he was sitting there chatting with them and watched them pack all their gear up. Watched them. Watched them start to haul it on out. Now, we can't watch people doing that. We're over there packing stuff up, hauling stuff. We watched the pastor watch them. But that told me some things about the pastor. That pastor is not emulating the one. That doesn't tell me he's a tear. That just gets my antennas up. I'm looking now. What's, what's going on? Because if you're going to be of the kingdom... You're going to mimic the kingdom. They may look like servants of righteousness, but they're not. They're servants of themselves. Go over to Galatians chapter 1, verse 8. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed, as we have said before. So now I say again, if anyone pre preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. You're going to see some things in the fruit. You're going to see some things... In the message, you're going to see some things in the fact that they are pretenders. You're going to see some things here, as he, as he said, don't let them preach any other gospel. Don't let them compromise that message. When you start to hear somebody who wants to get up, you know, there was a, there was a minister. Uh, I, used to, I used to put out for you all on Mondays, how many of y'all know, I used to put out Creflo Dollar t teachings. I used to put them out. I liked listening to Creflo Dollar. But I will tell you this. I didn't tell you this before. For the entire year I was feeding them out to you, I was very carefully screening them. 
because I was picking things up that I wasn't quite sure about. But every one that I gave you, they were good. I love listening to Brother Creflo Dollar when he's in there, but he started to do some stuff. And then when he came on out with that thing on tithing, I wasn't so much so messed up that, all right, well, he's teaching something different. What really got me about Brother Creflo, and it began to make me pull back completely. I don't listen to anything that comes from there anymore. The reason for it is simple. I listened to his message when he was talking about tithing, how he re- redid everything. I listened to his message, and what he said was this. He was woken up one night and given a revelation and told everything you taught before is wrong. That got my dander up. That got everything on the inside of me. Woke up. I said, hold on a minute. Hold on. That is not how my God works. God works through progressive revelation. I Right now, I do not know all that I need to know in the Word of God. I know it. But I know more than I knew five years ago. I knew more than I knew ten years ago. Every time he is teaching me something. Steve, can you see this? Every, oh, I didn't see that before. Oh, but you see, it all comes in line. He's progressive. Um, he, he's showing me things as we're going along. It all fits in. What he was telling you was he was hearing and teaching, hearing and teaching, hearing and teaching, hearing and teaching. And then all of a sudden, throw it all out. It's all wrong. Well, now, either what you heard now is not of God or what you heard before is not of God. And that concerned me. So that's why we haven't seen him in the, in the rotation. And you won't. I'm, not, I'm real careful about the ones that I put out there for you. I sometimes listen to them two and three times to make sure. I'm not saying that they're 100% in agreement with everything they do. They don't have to be that way. They may have revelation I don't have yet. And that's fine. But I'm real careful about stuff like that. Don't tell me that you woke up one night and everything else all of a sudden has changed. That's a red flag for me. Because revelation should be progressive. Now, there have been times that I've gotten up and said, all right, this, I understand this better now. And I'll, I'll show that to you. But I think the one of the times I did this the most was in the end times. But when I was teaching that part of the end times and Rome being the final kingdom coming back, I told you when we were doing it. And I said it. Here's what we don't understand about this, and this is the Babylon thing. It seems like when Rome comes back that they'll have Babylon. I said, it seems like, I even said this, it seems like this is what's going to happen here. But then all of a sudden they got the rest of the revelation. Ah, now it doesn't seem like, now I know. Now this is the way that it's going. But you see, revelation is progressive. I am real careful of people who wake up in the middle of the night, get something, and everything has changed. Because I know of several ministers who have gone completely off the edge. I'm not saying Brother Creflo is off the edge that he is now a... I'm not trying to say anything like that at all. I'm just telling you, I am real careful. I'm real careful about who I listen to. Real careful about it. And um, (laughs) even some of the people that I like to listen to, I listened to two messages this week from somebody that I really enjoy listening to and I regretted every minute listening to it. One of them, I, uh, I was listening to it when I run. I trusted them. Usually, there's always a home run. I put it on when I was running, and it's one of those things you can't just change your mind. you got to stop, pull the thing out, get the screen back on, get the gloves off the fingers so that you can get the screen back on, get in there, find something different to listen to, get it all done, set the phone back up the way it was again, put it back in the pocket, put the gloves back on, and then get going on. That's a project out there on the road. you got to be really getting into something that is driving me nuts for me, get me to stop and change it. And there was two times this week this same brother did it. Never has done this before. Did it there. I stopped. God went through all that. I am not listening to this anymore. I still to this very moment, I regret every minute listening to it. It just was, I didn't need to feed on that sort of thing. You won't ever see it. I won't tell you about it. Where Where to go find it either. You don't need it. I don't need it. I did not need that in my head. (laughs) But anyway... Second Peter 2. I don't know how much of this we're going to get through. But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies. Secretly bring in. See that? Secretly bring in destructive heresies. They are kind of come in. They're trying to put on the cloak of being someone who is an apostle, someone who's a prophet, someone who is 
ranking as far as God is concerned, secretly come in to bring in destructive heresies. They know the teaching will destroy. They are a minister of Satan. They've come in and they are trying to put this in. He's telling you, beware of it. Be careful. These things are there. Even denying the Lord who brought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. There are people who have taught things in the body of Christ that were meant for destruction. They caused destruction and they caused the way of truth to be blasphemed. That's what he's talking about right there. We've seen it today. We've seen it other times. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. I remember something Brother Hagin shared one time. He taught that book. How many have ever heard his book, uh, The Midas Touch? How many have never heard of his book, The Midas Touch? Let's put it to you that way. The Midas Touch is one of the first times he got into a thick book. This was a thick book. This is a big book for Brother Hagin. He didn't usually, he usually puts little tiny ones. You know, you can read it in a sitting. Uh, this is a big one. He called in all the people from Rhema, all the big names that were out there, and he told them, I'm going to release this book, but you all need to know about what's in it. Because many of you, he's pointing his finger at the people that were under him that had gone out from Rhema. He called them on in, and he says, many of you are teaching things that are not prosperity. It is bordering or even into the area of covetousness. There were some people in that meeting who got offended and cut off ties with Raymond and Brother Hagin. There were people who used to show up, used to be on stage. Brother Hagin used to call on them. They used to do things in the meeting and then just cut it off because they didn't receive that. But that is, God is all for you prospering. He's not for you being covetous. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them in the chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood of the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who were afterward would live ungodly and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds and the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the, judge, the unjust under punishment of judgment. There's a whole bunch of stuff in there. But you notice how he cited these four things? One of them was Sodom and Gomorrah. From the word of God, folks, what is the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah? The word of God really only outlines one thing. There's probably a whole lot of sins that they did, but it only outlines, it only brings to light one thing. What is the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah? homosexuality. That is the only sin that is brought out. Because you remember when Lot found the angels, you can't stay out here in the square. Come on in. And he brings them into his house. And the men of the city gathered around outside Lot's house. We know you have the men inside. Bring them out. We want to have relations with them. And uh, now, the teaching we brought out for you this week, I bring, I'm giving you a Brother Hagen one. Or brother, no, uh, Rick Renner one again. I was listening to one this week, and it actually does review some of the things. He goes over it again, some of the stuff you just learned. And if you want to skip over some of those parts when he gets there. But he hits on Sodom and Gomorrah, really. I, he brought up a point on this. I didn't even, I don't, if I noticed it before, I forgot I noticed it. <laughs> but he brought this up on there. The sin of Sodom and Gomorrah is homosexuality. The men of the city desired the men that were in his house more so than the women. That Lot came out and said, have my daughters. And this is what Rick brought out inside here. Did you notice that Lot says, have my daughters, they have not known a man? Remember that? They have not, they're, they're virgins. They have not known a man. And yet, in the story, who does Lot try to bring with him beside his wife and his daughters? Do you remember? His son-in-law's. All right. Now, this is what Rick brought out in this teaching. I, I don't, if I, like I said, if I noticed this, I didn't notice it before. I, I don't remember. The daughters are married, but are virgins. What does that tell you about the son-in-laws? 
It tells you that this city has homosexuality so rampant that even people got married, the men still stayed with the men. And God judged that city. One of the reasons, one of the reasons that he judged it. And yet there's, preacher, there's preachers out there who want to tell you that the will of God is to accept everybody. We had, a, we had this go on. Um, these are messages that you can't see, but on the, on the church Facebook page, I can get messages from people. And that one person sent me a message. And they, they said this. My partner and I are looking for a church. We've been together for, I don't know, 30, 40 years. I forget what it was in a long time. But we want to know if, if it's an environment where we would be accepted. Now, as soon as they say the word partner, you kind of figure it out. But I, I did my research. I went on Facebook, found them, looked at the thing. Yep, I see who's going on. They wanted to know if they were... Now, what are you supposed to do? So here's the, here's the dilemma that pastors face. Well, if I say no, then we're saying, all right, there's no hope for you. You're going to be out there. You're not going to come into the... Into the but if, if they don't let them into the church, then how are they going to hear the truth, right? So I was debating about this, and I sent them a message back, and I said... Uh, how about we uh, chat on the phone sometime? <laughs> I was willing to chat on the phone. I was willing to go out there and meet, meet with him and, and to chat with him, but he never got back to me. I sent him a second message. He never got back to that one. So I'm assuming that uh, he's figured, all right, we'll, we'll find some other place. But it's interesting to note they identify themselves as spirit-filled Christians. They'll take any church as long as they will accept their sin. So I was talking to God about this and said, all right, how? I got I to gotta talk to him. I can't just say, no, get out of here. <laughs> You can't do that. So this is what I feel the Lord put in, in my, my heart to talk to him about. I was going to tell him, said, if we have thieves, how many know that there's thieves out there? Should we invite thieves into the church? Absolutely. Bring thieves into the church. But if you bring thieves into the church, how are they going to get out of their thievery if they don't come into the church? If they don't hear the word of God. But if you were to bring thieves in from outside the world and come in here, how many of us expect them to still do their thievery? How about blasphemers? People out in the world, they blaspheme the name of Jesus. Should we bring them into the church? Should, do they need to get saved? Sure. But don't bring your blaspheme here into the church, right? How about adulterers? Should we allow adulterers to come into the church? Not if you're going to bring your adultery into the church. So the same thing comes with this one. This is what I was going to sit down and talk to them. We will welcome anyone who is homosexual, but we will not welcome your homosexuality. If you want to come in here and pretend like you're a couple and do all your couple things, no. If you want to come in here and say, we're caught up in this sin, we realize that it's sin, and we want to get free from it, then we're going to help you. Over the course of my lifetime, I have uh, had a close interaction with several people of homosexual persuasion. And I know, I haven't had contact with, well, I know one of them at least got married, has had a family. We lost touch of them. Uh, another one got married. He was really weird. He was just weird to start with, but um, they, they got married. One of them tried to sit me down and talk to me. He said, let me tell you what attracts me about a man. I said, no. I said, There's, I, I love hanging out with men and doing men things. That's, that's, but I do not find them appealing at all. You, can, you, cannot, you can stand here all day and try and talk to me about that. It's not going to work. And uh, <laughs> they gave up on that, so, that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, you can, you can help people and you can't just shun them and, and, uh, and send them on out. But if you're not willing to let go of the sin, then you're not willing to submit to the will of God. What this verse is saying, which we were looking at Matthew, got a whole lot of people, they picked up these lifestyle sins. I'm living this lifestyle, but I want... To pretend that I'm saved. Because that's what it is. It is a pretending. And you can put on a whole lot of pretending. You can do a whole lot of things like that, but it's, it is pretending. It's like these boys who want to go out there and compete in girls' sports. They are pretending to be a girl. Because they are still a guy. But they want to pretend to be something else. These are pretenders. Well, anyway, Brother Rick's coming to you here on Monday. It's already up there if you want. It's on the, our, our site. Because I was listening to this, 
And uh, the introduction on this, this is at a place, um, uh, Andrew Walmack is out, up at his college. And Andrew gives an introduction. Andrew's not somebody that I listen to on a regular basis. If you do, that's fine. You can listen to him. I, it's a deliberate decision on my part not to listen to him. I have a number of reasons for it. I don't, I'm not trying to tell you he's a tear, anything like that. There's, there's a reason for it, and I just stay away from, from, the, from that. But he gave an introduction for Brother Rick. Rick has to have been the worst introduction I have ever heard a minister give of another. To, I mean, there's not anything close. It was so bad. So I cut it off. I downloaded the video onto our site and cut off all his uh, introduction because it was terrible. I, I don't know. I don't know how you can do that to a friend and do the things that he did. But anyway, all that's cut out. It just goes right into Rick, and you can pick that up. And R- brother Rick, he just kind of stepped in there and bypassed all that sort of stuff. But the beginning of repentance. It was to acknowledge that my actions are different from the will of God. I've got to understand that. If you are not going to say, my actions are different from the will of God, then, <laughs> if you're not willing to say that, then you're not going to come into a place of repentance. And things are not going to change. I've got to first off come in and say, well, I'm dating someone that God said I shouldn't be dating. And then say, you're married to somebody. I said, you're dating somebody. What, what did Paul say if you're married to somebody that maybe you shouldn't be married to? Stay married. If they're willing to stay with you, you stay, stay married. That's what you do. But if you're dating somebody and God said, that's not the one I hire for you, they're not following after me, then what do you do? You get in obedience to what the, what the will of God said. Because that's what we have to do. Without repentance, folks, there's not going to be any kind of change at all. No change at all. We still have a whole lot more to get into this, and uh, we won't do it justice if I try and rush through it here right now, so we'll just pick up with it all here next week. Um, hopefully this is of interest to you. How do you deal with tears? But here, let me try and get to this question. I think I can still do this one. Do tears start as tears, or do they become tears? Now, in the parable, in the parable, they start as tears, Right? But what happens in the beginning? In the beginning when they're growing, this is a parable. You can't take... The parable is meant to, to portray a, an idea, a point. It's not meant to have every aspect of the parable tra- carried over into some kind of doctrine. They start off, the tares look like the wheat. And he says, I don't want you to take out the wheat or the tares because you might hurt the wheat. He's concerned about the wheat. If I make a wrong judgment and say, that's a tear, pull that out, and it turned out that it was going to be a wheat. That's not so good. Can a tear, or does a tear start out as a tear, or does it become a tear? Well, there's no difference in the plant in the beginning. The purpose of the Word is not to teach us that there's, there are just... Say it again. The purpose of the Word is not to teach us that there are just a certain way. That's just how they are. Whether they can become that way. Just like people that are born, they say they were born into a home. I was born a homosexual. I didn't find out about it until I was 6, 7, 8, 10, 12, whatever it was. But I was born. You were not born a homosexual. You became one. You listened to a lie. They came on in and said, I like boys. If you were a girl, you listened to a lie. I like girls. You listened to a lie. You pursued the lie. And you became these particular things. Now, of course, you know, word gets out that I said that. Everybody come on down over here and start protesting. But that's, that's the way that it is. That is the truth. You can become these things. That's why in the, in the school systems, they're trying to teach them early on, on this. You remember down in Florida? And they said, uh, all they said in the legislation was third grade and down, third grade and down will not hear this. That's all they said. They pitched it like they banned it. They didn't ban anything. They just said, this is not appropriate for third grade and down. That was it. And you see how many lies they said about that. Because they know if we can't get in there young and start teaching them these things, we can't change them. We've got to feed them this stuff to get them to go in this particular direction so that we can have this kind of behavior in the end. The same thing with the Word of God. The Word of God says, raise up a child in the way of the Lord. And when he's old, he won't depart from it. 
We need to do that. God knows the early years, these are formative. The Word of God is here to teach us to get out of these things, get out of this type of sin. So I strongly believe that a person may look like they're a tear. But um, uh, can you pull out that verse I told you about, 2 Timothy 2.25? Just look at this scripture again. This is what we started with last, last time. Because our whole question that, that had come out was, if God would grant repentance, if God would grant repentance, there had to be some kind of an action on that person, some kind of a thing on that person. Well, the same, the same thing is going on here with tares. I don't think tares start out of tares. I think the kingdom of Satan comes after them and after them and after them and gets them to become ministers of, of evil, ministers of darkness, ministers of Satan. But if we come after them with the word of God, if we come after them with the right things, we can turn them on back. Don't look at anybody in your life and say, well, they're a tear. No, because look at this verse. In humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. You look at the people who are in your life and they look like tares. They're going in the wrong direction. Maybe they've gone in a, in a wrong direction in a lifestyle sin. Don't just write them off as tares. Stay in there. Keep bringing the word of God to them. Keep loving on them. Keep doing what's in the inside of your spirit. Listen to your spirit. Don't just take a, a set example. Well, everybody who's in this sin, this is what you need to say to them. No. Listen to what the Spirit of God is telling you to say to them. Because the goal is we want to get them out of that, get them into a place of repentance so that they can change their life. And they can become something that'll be good, something that'll be beneficial. Would you all stand up with me? It would seem to me that a tear is only a tear who becomes one in their life and remains so until the time of the harvest, until the time their life is harvested. If you can take that person before their life becomes extinguished and bring them around into the way of the truth, I don't how far is too far, how much do you have to get them? I don't know. What I do know is whenever you're there to minister to somebody, you be like Jesus with the woman at the well. Listen to your spirit. And speak to her the way that God tells you to speak to her. Because what Jesus told that woman at the well changed her life. And she may have been going in a way that was wrong, but he, he turned her around. and She became something good. Other people had the same kind of thing that would, that would go on. Rahab the harlot. Some people, some people suppose that's what she was, uh, her occupation was, but she was in a heathen city, but turned her life around. And she became somebody that was even went into the genealogy of Jesus. Don't just write off the people that are around you. There may be some tears that are there. But listen to the Spirit of God. There are some people Paul dealt with harshly. These are still some things we need to look at. There may be some time that you have to deal harshly with people that are in your life. And that's not always the case. And if you treat people harshly that you needed to treat more kindly, that's not going to help you. I put in your eye. Did anybody notice the quote in the bulletin today? <laughs> Daryl did. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Got to come. That was from me. Yeah, I put my, my own quote in there. <laughs> Just because I wanted you to get a hold of this. Because I noticed over the years that a lot of times people will gravitate to something and they hold on to it. And most times the people hold on to a doctrine and don't let it go. Most times that they do that, the doctrine they have is not based on revelation. It is based on something that is fleshly. So I wanted to make sure that you got that. I put that right in there for you to, to take home. Make sure that the things that you hold on to came because of revelation, not because they appealed to your flesh whole lot of people out there, they have grabbed hold of some doctrines because it appealed to their flesh. Don't let it appeal to your flesh. Get the revelation in your spirit. That's what we need to have. And if you have people in your life and you're wondering, how am I supposed to deal with them? How can I help them? Pursue after God. Get the revelation. Don't get something that appeals to your flesh. Get something that comes to your spirit. Let it be revelation. Let it open up your eyes. Father, we thank you that you will help us to deal with the tears that are in our life.
even the evil people or the people that just haven't found you. For God, you have called us to be people who are your light and we want to be your light in this world. I thank you for the help that you give us that we will become an even brighter light for you. Listening to the revelations that come to our spirit and not hanging on to those doctrines of flesh. We thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.